started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Hello lovers. That's not normally how I would address you, though I really do like it. This is how Shahir, my guest on this episode, would address you. And we collaborated in this episode about Venus and Leo. Right. Venus has just entered Leo. She's going to be there for a long time due to the upcoming retrograde. And we're presenting a mystical overview or a mystical thematic exploration of Venus and Leo by looking at the decans. So you may have heard me talk about it on the podcast before, but every zodiac sign is divided into three equal parts or decans. And each decan is associated with a tarot card. And these correspondences open up a lot of new pathways for understanding both tarot and astrology. Um, But as someone that started out with astrology and has only more recently gotten um, tarot literate, I definitely work with the tarot to open up new things about astrology. So the cards associated with the sign of Leo are the five, six, and seven of wands. So we have one card in the middle that is like a very clear victory card, and the other two cards have like these kind of scenes of competition or combat. And I thought that was really interesting. So that kind of sparked me to think about like, what does this have to do with Leo? And this conversation, I felt very inspired and lit up I've been having a little bit of a process that I shared on my IG. Um, I went live and it's on my wall. You can find it at Sabrina Monarch. Remember, of course, that there's impersonators and just follow my account, <laughs> like not the other ones, but I'll leave the link to my Instagram account in the notes. But anyways, I went live on Instagram to share this process, a rather personally terrifying process I was having of being um disenchanted or burned out for the first time in my life over astrology did not see it coming right i know what transit it has to do with it's saturn on top of my mars and mars rules my ninth house so you know ninth house of things like cosmology and belief systems or like higher higher visions and organizing like higher ways of organizing the world right So astrology is connected to the ninth house. So I'm having this like, well, was having this little crisis. I went live to talk about it, which was very alchemical because, you know, I wanted to be witnessed in it. I had a lot of astrologers connect and relate, like sharing how they've gone through something similar. Um, People sending me messages and emails and texts. And like, it felt really good to just actually be out in the open with this struggle I was having. And part of why it was hard to be out in the open about it was because I am a career astrologer so I've relied on my consistent unwavering enthusiasm about practicing astrology 
as part of my marketing. And it felt really scary and threatening in a lot of different ways to have this moment of being like, what if I don't even want to practice astrology anymore? Um, and I went over in the video, like my various disillusionments and whatnot. Since recording that, I actually had like a mega breakthrough around prayer um, and like my direct connection with the universe and also like a reconnection to feeling inspired or kind of like reinventing how I write about astrology, reinventing my astrology practice even, um, like really refining and kind of like updating it to be really true to who I am and what I'm offering now as opposed to holding on to any architecture from the past that isn't relevant. So Venus and Leo, by the way, this retrograde is like all things makeover. You know, um, it's going to be square Uranus throughout um, a lot of the retrograde. And at like a simple level, or like a, a very obvious level immediately, that read to me as fashion makeover or like new hairstyle or something like really radically changing your look. Um, but it could, you know, in my case, it also is having to do with my work. Leo is my sixth house. And so I'm kind of doing like right now an internal makeover of my astrology practice. Um, but it soon will be externalized in terms of um, announcing ways to work with me and what's coming next and whatnot. I've been teaching an evolutionary astrology intensive. I'm currently on my 11th run of teaching it. I've been teaching it for five years and I am redesigning it in ways that I'm really, I am excited about. And the part, like the things that I was getting really hung up on, like I went deep into those particular topics and I've been journaling. I've been, I've been going into them and just finding the parts, um, where I have these resistances inside and like where it's just kind of leading me back to my own medicine or my own gnosis and my own prayer. So that's kind of what I've been going through, but why I'm bringing that up beyond just wanting to catch you up to date on the podcast because I didn't share that live here um, is that while I was still kind of like in the midst of that struggle very actively, but I hadn't yet come out about it, um, I had this conversation with Shahir and I got clarity about why I was feeling that way and also got really inspired by something Shahir named about the purpose of astrology. Like, and what I took away from it was the sense of the profound mirroring, right? Like the profound way of feeling seen. And I, it kind of sparked a reappreciation for my relationship with this aspect or this dimension of astrology. So that was very affirming in this conversation. Um, but all throughout, there was just so much um, archetypally and mythically and magically juicy things to think about and consider. So before I get into this episode, we are days away from ecstasies, a Dionysian mythopoetic ritual experience in Crete, Greece. Just today, I felt like a new titration of the frequency drop into my body, had a massive opening day, 
but also like even as I was thinking about it I would get these rolling chills in my crown and then they would drift down through my shins and into my toes like my whole body was just lighting up and that is essentially a lot of what ecstasy is about it's about opening to expansion and ecstasy in the body it's about opening to peak experience in the body so we are doing embodiment ceremonies and these ceremonies are inspired and woven with the myths of Dionysus and some related deities and figures like Semele his mother and the conception story that gives rise to the god of revelry and ecstasy as well as Dionysus's wife Ariadne with very rich mythology of hers um, Ariadne and the Minotaur so we are going into an immersive ceremonial container to play with these very profound myths and also open up to new things in our bodies peak experience you know as a a dose of something like from the gods like it is a religious experience in some sense peak experiences can reframe our relationship with life with what we know we're capable of feeling and it can work to you know shake off crusted layers so i am incredibly excited this retreat is so magical like I already know it. I've been journeying with Carla for years and I've had peak experience after peak experience and healing and magical and opening and just profound experiences. Um, I love the myths and I'm so excited about this collaboration. And beyond that, it's like also just the way that ecstasies is musing through. It's just incredible. And this is for you if you want to open to the ecstatic in your body in a way that you're guided to do that without substances it will be through your body so feeling into a prayer that you have around a bigger life or a type of freeness and joy and peak experience and revelry that you would like to feel within as well as your access to really heightened states of joy and meeting and finding the party within, that part of you that can generate the fun without needing the external reality to give you permission to do so. This is a beautiful prayer. I'm so excited to invite you into it. We will be in a private villa in the Mediterranean in Crete, Greece. We will be feeding you decadently organic local food cooked by a wonderful Greek chef and you will be immersed in the field, the frequency, the myths, and the beauty of Greece. So if you would like to join, we're holding the, the door open for those of you that are ready to, to come. Send me an email, sabrina at monarchastrology.com to get on a call with us and we would love to have you. And with that, I will leave us to this episode about Venus and Leo with Shahir. Hey everyone, I'm here with Shahir of Super Sensory. 
And actually, is that how I would introduce you, Shahir? I'm super sensory. Yeah, super sensory, <laughs> Shahir. Shahir, super sensory. I'm very fluid. <laughs> okay. Um, this is your second time back on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. We've been in a community together. You're in Meteorite. And um, I wanted to have you on to talk about Venus retrograde, all things Venus and Leo, the Deccans, the tarot card associations, and just give the listeners like a really good... Um, kind of mystical overview of this retrograde. Um, mm-hmm. So for those of you that don't know you, um, you are a beautiful mystic, a lover. <laughs> um, how would you introduce yourself and yeah. your practice currently? I would say I am like a lover of the planets, obviously, um, as an astrologer, but and also like a lover of life. I've been very tuning into that even more. And especially with Venus in love, in Leo I've been like really thinking about the heart as well I was just like all right I need to like really like trusting my heart um the connections that comes from within sort of things um but yeah I turn myself as a love devotee as like my um catchphrase but I'm an astrologer I'm also a tarot reader um and also a spirit guide um bridger yeah what is a love devotee a love devotee is, is basically someone who's devoted to like the theme and idea and all everything is related to love and for me is like um I always say that like love is origin and then love is destination and then love is intermediacy meaning that like you know we come from love and you know the Sufi poets always talk about like this sort of like longing to the love which is sometimes people equate it with God and etc but that, that that's where we come from and then we're, we're also going towards there and Right now, we're on this earth of just like mingling and transmuting and exchanging love um, with everyone and everything around us. So, yeah. I love this perspective. And I feel like something that I've been tuning into today is like thinking about um, the internal side of Venus and like the Mm -hmm. process of just enjoyment and Mm -hmm. sinking deeper into connection and presence as opposed to being goal oriented and trying to get somewhere. So mm-hmm. when I think about um, relating to reality from the love devotee perspective, it feels like essentially that of just like, yeah. we are love, we're going towards love. So let's just expand in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And I love that you're, you're you're thinking a lot about the internal part of Venus too, because Jupiter, as we know, it is in Taurus, which is like, Venus has a lot of power this year somehow. Like this retrograde is very important to a degree as well just because the other benefic like venus is also hosting um jupiter um and yeah i've been really feeling this jupiter and taurus um especially with regards to like yeah how do i like embody my spiritual like you know it's like jupiter's spirituality taurus is an embodiment it's almost like how do i actually live out the things i am preaching in a lot of ways um because sometimes you know we all suffer from that like you know we're, we're we're astrologers we tell our clients all these things but like we also struggle with it um and then that's part of like the beauty of it too and um yeah yeah i i, I really love and like i think there's also something about taurus is like I and mean, you have a taurus moon so you would know like i when i am like tapping into taurus energy i really feel like how taurus is really about presence and that's why Taurus usually have presence because they are very present in a lot of ways. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something too about like the Taurian, the inner side of Venus about 
just like if we are enjoying ourselves, like we're tapped mm-hmm. into our own essence, it is something that other people can feel. And it is mm-hmm. a type of like Venusian leadership as opposed to kind of like checking in with everyone else of like, what's the vibe? What are we mm-hmm. doing? Like to actually just mm-hmm. bring the energy um, and yeah. be confident and have enough self-esteem, you know, to do yeah. that. And that does connect our like Leo Taurus theme of the retrograde to mm-hmm. like the self-expression and the eminence, like radiant side of Leo with the mm-hmm. beingness of Taurus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree so much. And yeah, like even in the medieval Islamic um, framework of um, the favorite sign of Venus, I mean, obviously it's like, you know, allegedly that Venus loves Taurus just by a hair. So it's like, it, like just like, yeah, Taurus is the preferred place of Venus. Um, and I think it's definitely because of all of those things of like feeling very rooted in our senses. And we're like, all right, like, you know, and that's how we're able to like radiate something. Yeah. Well, one of the, you know, I wanted to talk to you because of your tarot and decanic knowledge. And when I was looking at the Venus retrograde, mm-hmm. I noticed that Venus retrogrades on like July 22nd at the end of Leo. So we're going to mm-hmm. have her go all the way through the sign and then go like track backwards. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about the decans. I started looking um, um, at them again in 36 Faces by Austin Kopic and mm-hmm. I noticed that Leo, like it felt like there was a lot of fight. There was like yeah. something about like securing um, one's position, one's royalty, one's throne, like a moment of victory and mm-hmm. then fending off uh, detractors to the throne. Yeah. And so I was like, what is this? You know, when I think about Leo, um, what comes to mind first is like, you know, it's play, it is joy, mm-hmm. it's radiance. And if I think about the fight or what's at stake inside of that, there's definitely mm-hmm. some threads there just in terms of like, you know, to be a joyful person, that mm-hmm. could just be a person's nature constitution. And we're both like children of Jupiter. <laughs> so we have like our own, you know, but also exalted like, sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, at the same time, you know, like if I didn't, you know, uh, put engagement in joyfulness, I could mm-hmm. easily fall into depression or yeah. close my heart or whatnot. So it's like there is some level of engagement or fight that goes into, I think, just being open to life and like being mm-hmm. willing to connect with life again and again and um, bounce back after disappointments and things like this. Um And then I also thought about self-expression and how when we really are ourselves, Mm -hmm. people are magnetized, people like it, but also people dislike it. Like Mm -hmm. the more neutral we are, the more mellow the feedback. But when you Mm -hmm. really like express your personality um, and you really take up space and reality, like people will have a problem with it. And so I think like with Leo, it's like, um, one can get to a place of like even being playful with that like being Mm -hmm. able to be like sassy or like being able to like really just like defend their worthiness against Mm -hmm. um you know whatever comes at it but yeah that was just kind of like an opening like curiosity for me and so I would love to hear your take on what's going on with the decans and cards of Leo where there's this kind of like struggle and fight energy that's happening here 
here. Yeah. Okay. I love that because I like immediately something that comes to my mind and I've been kind of like reprocessing this um, with the point of like authenticity, right? Um, you know, people always equate Leo. Leo is a very authentic science. Like if you being surrounded by Leo energy, like, you know, kind of like you get what you get kind of thing. It's like there is this sort of like radiance, but also like they really just like being themselves in a, a way. And that's kind of like solar, right? Solar is, it's it's giving light, but it's also can feel very blinding. And it's like, I think people sometimes have that sort of like problem with their own inner solar. <laughs> um, and I would say it's a real problem. Like, you know, people might not want, like, you know, light can be very shining. It can shine, but it can also feel like, oh my God, like this is a lot, right? It's like, you don't look at the sun directly for a reason, right? You need some sort of like shades or something like that but you feel the heat of the sun and you enjoy it so much so it's like there is this always like this duality with the sun with regards to like all right their luminance like they're illuminating something but it can also feel like oh this is too much and and I think it really shows I mean that's kind of like a usually I feel like all fire signs feel that way too of like all right being too much and being so extra so passionate and suddenly like all right like you know, uh, uh, people can also get very repulsed by by that kind of energy as well. And so I like I was really thinking about like the, the role of the sun with regards to that and and like the quality of being authentic. And what what I've been sitting with um recently, especially with regards to like Venus entrance into Leo, um also about the heart is like to be authentic is it's such a like courageous thing to do. And I, I, I think it's like we are in a, it's like it, we are in a society that like we value authenticity, but then I, just, I don't think we really practice it in a lot of our connections, right? We're like, and there's this sense of like, um, because I think there is this, maybe I'm just like projecting as well, but like I, there is this sense of like we equate authenticity as being selfish or like being self-serving, right? as like, oh, you're shining your light, like, but you're not caring about other people. But that's not true because it's like the reason, like, and I was like really thinking about Venus in Leo because Venus is the forces that um, binds, right? The, the Venus is the, the magnetism that pulls people together. Um, and I was really thinking about how when we're being very authentic with who we are, we actually pull people who are, appreciating that authenticity and actually giving them comfort to be themselves as well. And I think that's that's also the, the pros and the cons of like authenticity in a way, because there is something that you're shining your light on and it's kind of a contagious that you can't help to be also be authentic. And so that's like the Venusian quality in Leo that it is a, a, available to kind of like string together different forms of like authenticity of like all right I'm being myself and then like if you're attracted to that then we can be we can be all of yourselves together right and so I I was like thinking about that and I was really thinking about um how authenticity is actually serving the relational like part of understanding like it's like you know it's serving the Libra part right it's serving the connections because when I'm in a connection where I feel wholly like myself like, I want the other person to also be real and be themselves in a lot of ways. And yeah, it's it's scary because it's it's really like, I think because I, people always associate Leo with kind of like the heart 
as well um the sun because it is about the opening of the heart and you know like i i was really thinking about um courage like the point of courage um which is core like the origin of courage is core um in latin which is actually about the heart right i think it's from brandy brown um that that sort of idea and i think that really struck me because i was like thinking yeah what is courage if it's not um coming from the heart and um and then i was also tweeting a, a few days ago I, like this quote came to me um from maya angelou i'm probably paraphrasing it but then and maya angelou basically said that like one of the one of the most important virtues um that we have to practice like one of the important virtues for her is actually courage because without courage you can't practice all other virtues consistently which is kind of like oh wow that's such a like consistency is such a fixed sign thing and like jupiter and taurus sort of like thing yeah it's like if you if you don't practice courage like for example if i don't have courage i can't practice fairness right it's like oh if i feel like something is unfair but i don't have the courage to step up to say something or um if i feel like you know um something is problematic whatever but i don't have courage to step up to that sense of um you know you know it is an honorable thing to be doing as well and that's why sometimes leo is also associated with the kings and you know that the people who are um higher up in the monarchs and stuff like that and so there is something about courage which comes up in leo and then come back coming back to your point on why like the deccan feels a bit like oh my god like you know it is like i was like you know i'm a gemini moon so i always love like you know throwing a certain kind of like not to say controversial but like it does feel quite dominating and kind of patriarchal in a way um the way the deccans move in leo just because it is about like like okay i'm asserting myself to something right um the first deccan of leo is associated with um saturn right and um i love um t susan chang's um 36 secrets it's kind of like a complementary to the 36 faces of um the tarot point of view and i i love that um t susan chang did that um and she said that the um the saturn in leo the, the the first second the five of wands which is like people like all the different sticks are trying to struggle um she equated to like the pressure cooker which is like the it's kind of like the instant pot like you know like she she said it is like there's a crushing weight of saturn and then there's the radiance and the steady heat of leo and so it becomes like a, a pressure cooker of cooking pot which is you know like i've been i've been feeling it right now too which is like this angst of like kind of um feeling of like all right what do i um and then the way i add into that discussion was that i was really thinking about like the multiple passions we have like you know the the multiple sort of like if if the five of wands is like the cooking pot sort of decan um sort of imagery in terms of like the tarot it's like all right what is it like what is the ingredients that i want to put in right um so that the flavors don't overcome the other right and so like there is a sense of like um dominance or like pressure to it's like finding the right thing or like the the kind of like the balance essentially as well of what sort of like things i am putting into this recipe etc and so i i like i've been I sitting with that yeah how are you feeling about it <laughs> well i think that you know creativity just because like venus is in the first decan of leo right now um and i think about like 
also it's square the Taurus planets, um, square Jupiter and Taurus. And the way that there's this tension between creativity and survival, right? Mm -hmm. Like people have visions of things they want to do, but then we need to figure out the finances or the time mm -hmm. or the energy that, you know, and where that feels like a limitation. So it's like, you know, someone might be like raising a family and that mm -hmm. cuts into the time that they have to like do, you know, something artistic. Maybe they juggle it all, but there is that pressure, mm -hmm. um, you know, or it could be something, I feel like it could manifest in so many different ways, but it could also just be like, oh, here's this thing I've been doing that's like been financially lucrative and yeah. I don't know if I feel good about doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, am I going to step away from the reward, like the cash flow to go mm -hmm. follow this other impulse, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like, where, how am I going to make it work? How am I going to pave the space and time? What am I going to mm -hmm. choose? And that tension between, yeah, what wants to emerge versus what we're holding on to for security. Yeah, wow. I I love that. That no, that really speaks to like the square. Um, and it's not just a square. We're we're actually recording it it's, like during the time. It's like I think Venus is at the bendings of the nodes as well, right? It's like, and so it's like bendings are always like a point like of crisis in a way. And five, um, in the tarot slash numerology sort of sense, it's like whenever things comes into the five, whenever things comes into the first decade of fixed signs, there's always some sort of like crisis that needs to be like resolved in some ways. Like there's always this like change needs to happen, which is kind of funny because fixed signs is always like um, equated to like, you know, stability and things kind of like settling down in a lot of ways. But actually five is also like a number that is about change. That is like, all right, this is where the story shifts, right? You know, like if we if we see like the numbers as like this equilibrium, like from one until nine, because one, two, three, four, and then five is actually like the the center is it's like the the pivot or like the the balancing point. Like, how can I change the story? And then like you know, as you were saying, um, yeah, really considering about like the limitations of resources and um, but also like trying to like really harness in like what is their bigger visions here. Um, because I do feel like something about um, something about fixed science is like also like trying to manifest that sort of creativity with like you know the, with the vision and, and sometimes maybe there's also something with like you know Jupiter um, in in Taurus and you know some some people you might say like whenever um, whenever there's there's two benefics making square to each other there's this sense of like you know an overestimation or like this this like this vastness of feeling and but then. I think we're actually tapping into like a deeper resource of like, okay, what am I like truly deserving of? And I really want to pursue those like multiple or even like that that bigger dream in a lot of ways. Um, and and yeah, it 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 feels like a it's like a point where um there's something internal that is also changing in terms of our sense of like inner resourcing um to push for it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, we're at this like first decan, five mm -hmm. of wands, part of Leo. Um, so people might be feeling that pressure cooker. I love that mm -hmm. description. Um, yeah. Then we have in the second decan, the six of wands. What do you see for that part of the, the decan? Yeah, the six of wands, it's like, it's a winning card. I always love the six of ones. It's like, yes, I'm winning. It is um, it is a decan that's associated with um Jupiter. So it's like Jupiter um and Leo energy together. Um, and so it is when um 
people forget that Jupiter does represent luck in the sense of like a fortune kind of thing. And, and for me, the six of wands kind of like represents when things are turning up, right? It's like, all right, I've overcome this. I've like overcome the Saturn kind of like Saturnian sort of story and I'm achieving victory. And I think um, in Hermetic title, the six of wands is associated with like um, the Lord of victory. It's basically like you win something because there's a figure coming back from like whatever conquer or like you know they want something coming back from a war or whatever um that is about winning and I think I've been when I was um learning the tarot the six of wands as much as it is about winning it is actually about celebration it is actually about how do I how do I celebrate myself with whatever I am achieving and I think um that's also some equality of like a fire sign that like you know we're very comfortable with like we're not showing off or whatever. Like, we're very comfortable. Like, oh my God, I did that. You know, it's like, and um, that can be very, like, amazing. Like, people, and then that's, that, that's like the power of the six of one, actually. Um, it's like, oh, wow. Like, you can only learn how to, how, like, how do you, you want people to celebrate yourself? It's like, you have to, like, pioneer it in the sense of, like, you have to be the person that's showing the standards of how you celebrate yourself, right? And so there's this quality for me is like, the six of wands is actually about like, how do I celebrate myself so that I am allowing other people to celebrate me as well? Um, and so that is for me. Yeah. Is there something coming up from you? Yeah. I love this perspective because I actually like recently had this kind of realization that celebration is a virtue mm -hmm. that like celebration is a must. It's mm -hmm. not something that like is just when we feel like it. And mm -hmm. it shows up around birthdays. It's interesting, like birthdays are so sensitive for people and sometimes yeah. people hide. And um, I I love to do my birthday up, you know? There's something mm -hmm. about the years also where I don't, like this year I kind of had like a not so great birthday. I didn't plan yeah. and, and, and I just, it was okay, but it wasn't, I didn't do it up. And I felt mm -hmm. bad after I was like, I need to make sure I correct this next year. Like my 30th yeah. birthday, the year before, like it was amazing. You know, I went mm -hmm. to Mexico and had a whole thing. Yeah. But also um, you came to this. I had like a Hungry Ghost of Paradise, like book yes. party in New York City. Cause I happened to be traveling through and I had just finished it. So it was like, I need to celebrate this. It, mm -hmm. It's honestly that I've written two books it's very anticlimactic um, to finish a book alone. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't really feel like much to me. Like yeah. it's really like strange. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, I need to celebrate this. Like I need to have a party. Mm -hmm. But in addition to just like having a good night, I feel like people who came to the party met new people yes. and it created connection. Yeah. And I realized that my you know, act of celebration and asking people to gather to help me celebrate something was like, not mm -hmm. just for me, that it actually exactly. gave the community a mm -hmm. reason to assemble. And that, yeah. um, yeah, I just think celebration is like a basic human need. I'm mm -hmm. tapping into it a lot with like the ecstasies frequency. Yes, of retreat in Greece. You are. And yeah. so it's like, just, you know, we do this, like, as humans, it's part of the heart of civilization, even mm -hmm. like the reason that we exist together, uh, like has these Dionysian roots of like yeah. partying and gathering and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so I love this take on how, you know, we model like a willingness to celebrate ourselves and like invite mm -hmm. other people into it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I love that. And I, I was like, astrologically, I was um, thinking of, okay, if we put Venus in the first house, I, this is kind of like my, always my, my technique in a way. I always like, okay, how do I delineate Venus and Leo uh, rather than I do the word association and like kind of like the energetic things. I always look at it as like, okay, Venus in Leo, it's the third, uh, if we put Venus in the first house, um, it's about ruling the 10th house, right? Because we have the 10th house in Taurus, all, all Leo risings that have 10th house in Taurus, um, technically, I mean, by sign, uh, if I go by whole sign. And so meaning that that's, the 10th house is like the, the, the highest point, right? And so how do I want to feel that highness of life, right? There is this sense of like, I need to be the one initiating that sort of like celebration. Like how do I set an example of how do I celebrate me? <laughs> you know, how do I celebrate this ritual? Um, and so that, that, that brings it like achievement, 10th housey things. It's like, and so, so Venus and Leo um, is about looking at our Taurus house and see like, okay, what am I achieving um, from, from this process? Um, and it's also very tangible sort of things that like you made a book and all those things. Um, and that is very six of wands for sure. And then we also have Venus and Leo ruling the third house, which is about our people, the local connections. It is about like the locality, you know, people, um, I see the third house at the house of the goddess where people just move around, you know, it's like kind of like people who are transiting, people from, from, from wherever. And it is like where the gathering kind of like takes place in the third house because um, rituals are also related to like third house. And so I was like thinking about that sort of um, dynamic of like okay, Venus and Leo, no wonder Venus and Leo is all about celebration in a way as well, because um, it is about like the gathering of the people and the people who are close to us. And exactly as you were saying, because of your celebration, you know, that's also perhaps why Jupiter comes in as well, right? You know, um, I sometimes I equate um, Venus as, um, Venus is more one-on-one or like not one-on-one. It's like, it's more relational, meaning that if I have a relationship with you, that's Venus. But then Jupiter is kind of like the stranger. It's like, all right, I don't know who this person is, but you know, so, so it's like there's just something about like Venus and Jupiter and like Jupiter and Leo is just equated with this um, Deccan for sure because Jupiter is kind of like meeting your community in a way, like meeting the, the networks that you never knew about before. Um, and so there's this like sort of like um, connections that we make whenever we, we have celebrations. And yeah, that's like, and that's how people meet each other too. And, um, you know, we, we've, we've heard of like all those stories of like I, I kind of wonder whether like Venus and Leo would evoke like people meeting at like an event or you know it's like oh people go to a party or they go to like you know I think it's summer in the northern hemisphere there's a lot of like music festivals going on and all this art festivals or whatever and then you end up meeting a lover meeting someone who has same passion as you are um etc etc and so there's something about this quality of six of wands is about celebration and um you know, we were talking about it before. Uh, I was just telling people, and I tweeted about this already, um, how I got to be an in-house astrologer for a local healing space. And what's funny was that, like, she was, like, saying how, like, wow, I love that. Like, you know, she was saying, like, the Nadia, the, the owner, the head witch of the space was saying, like, wow, I'm excited, like, the people that you would bring. Like, she said that to me. Like, you know, she's like, we could bring together. It's like, I was like, I, I felt so like resonant with that message. She was like, yeah, like she was like, I wonder what, who are the people that we're going to bring together through this collaboration? And I was like, oh my God, that is so true. And, I, and like, you know, like she was speaking my language in a very deeper level because 
that's like the power of the six of wands and I, I do think um there's something there about um our relationship with celebration that will kind of like bring up for people when 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 Venus is transiting to um the second decade and it's going to come back there and so like we can talk about that even more later but like there's something about revisiting how do we celebrate ourselves how do we celebrate our heart you know our desires as well which is very Venusian um in a lot of ways yeah Hmm. Oh, I'm like just imagining you at this space and like <laughs> someone being like, I, I love the people you're going to bring and I can see it like you do have um, this like, you know, you're manifester in human design. Yeah, I feel like you have <laughs> this like joyful impact <laughs> that can That's be true. felt in your sphere. Yeah, um, yeah. So essentially the the six of wands is kind of like a little safe harbor in between the five and the seven it mm-hmm. feels like mm-hmm. um because then by the time we get to the last decade of leo and the seven of wands there's like mm-hmm. again someone kind of fending off yeah um, yeah how would you describe it i like yeah, usually whenever um, people love the Six of Wands, right? Whenever they cut, get like they got that card, it's like okay, I'm waiting something. Or sometimes you can like it is a Lord of Victory most of the times. Um, and then they got the, the Seven of Wands, and they're like, oh my god, what's happening? And oh my god, do I have haters now? And I think, and I think that's kind of like, you know, the Seven of Wands is Mars and Leo. Um, is Mars associated with the Leo Deccan? Um, and there's always something that you are trying to defend there. Um. And Susan Chang talks about Seven of Wands as ecstatic gnosis. And I was like, I love that because when I was dabbling with the tarot, I, I don't think the Seven of Wands imagery was the one I first interfaced it. Maybe because I, I, I had a very different deck. Um, Seven of Wands for me is always about maintaining your peace whenever you have achieved something. And I think... Um, there's always this sort of like whenever I whenever I get the card from a client, for example, right? There's always something whenever you obtain. So it's like okay, you've won, you've you've got a lot of victory, you've got what you get, like you know you've already win in a way, like you've already celebrated. And then how do you defend it? Um, it becomes a question. But then sometimes what I realize with the seven of wands, some some people have interpreted it as, you know, that could also just be an illusion in some ways as well, like you know, um that sort of like, oh, I need to defend this position for, you know, for all my might kind of thing. And so that could be something that you're having to do because some people have to do that because it is about like keeping the path, the fire, you know, sometimes we always um, experience life and then we, we get something and then we're like, all right, you know, but then I, I think that is why the Leo is like this fixed fire, right? You know, like how, once you achieve victory, how do you actually maintain in that sort of like, frequency of that's why it's mars because mars is kind of like trying to conquer and like defend something as well um in people always think like mars is like about attack which is true but like mars and scorpio it's usually about defend being um uh, protecting something and so there's something about mars quality of the seven of wands that can for me it is about like how do you protect your peace amidst the chaos in a lot of ways and so um and then i was I was met, like I was like uh, writing about this, uh, thinking about this sort of um, Venus and Leo, the second seven of wands, and um, one of my oracle cards like jumped out of um, the deck and said that like 
with every action, there's always a reaction. And I think I love that so much, right? It's, um, it's everything you do, it's like, obviously we believe in the Saturnian sort of like cause and effect, right? Like that's very linear or even like very multidimensional kind of like, okay, you do something, there's a mul- like a multiple cause, it's a multiple effects of doing that thing. But then every action is like a kind of like a law of physics too. Like, like every action has a reaction to it. And so whenever you create something, whenever you do something, whenever you create your art, you know, if we're talking about Venus, we're talking about whenever you are wholeheartedly put your heart out on something, there are going to be people that wouldn't like it, you know? And I think, you know, sometimes we're so scared of like, and I think that's why it's Mars. And I think it's like Mars is kind of like, it can also be the opponent or like people who don't have our own best interests. And I think that's where the seven of wands come in. It's kind of like knowing and, and Leo is such a regal sign of sign. And, um, and there's this sort of like correlation of like, okay, now I know that I did, I, I did some sort of impact. How do I deal with the repercussion of it that doesn't align with me necessarily? And I think that is what the seven of wands kind of like moments would trigger is quote unquote. It is about like um, protecting your peace in a lot of ways. Um, and so for me, it is the card that is about defending, but I think it is more about like, how do I go about realize, like how do I go about managing the energy after I've created this sort of impact? Um, and so, yeah, that is what what's coming up for me. Yeah, how do you feel about that? That's brilliant. Like I, you know, I think about the regality of Leo and like a Mm -hmm. person creating their own realm and Mm -hmm. that like we, um, I mean, arguably and yeah, realistically, sometimes people do inherit a kingdom, right? They inherit (laughs) like the family, the family throne, right? The family throne. But for, for, I think a lot of people, um, I mean, we could, we could kind of organize it like this, like Leo is like stepping into your full expression and potential in this life. Mm-hmm. And like, what about kind of getting caught in not being realized or in yeah. like mundaneness or even like mediocrity, mm-hmm. for example, and that to kind of like separate oneself from those kind of like distractions or mm-hmm. lesser addictions or waste of energy mm-hmm. and like cultivate something Um create their own realm right so rather Mm -hmm. than just being a follower in another person's realm Mm -hmm. um or yeah just like living by rules that have been set out living by the defaults that have been set out if you make Mm -hmm. your own world then you have people that want to be part of that world they want to relate to you know and be um a community member and then you Mm -hmm. also have people that are kind of like rebellious and are like yeah questioning the structure of your kingdom and like kind of Mm -hmm. want to take it down and Mm -hmm. I think that we can see this on social media for example where like (laughs) you know (laughs) um as soon as I began to like have a social media presence I noticed that people wanted to like debate with me this Mm -hmm. was years back this was Mm -hmm. like um you know and I had never really heard anyone talk about it I just kind of felt like you know, I just went through a spiritual awakening, faked my way out of psychiatric care, like Mm -hmm. found this thing in my soul. And I say Mm -hmm. psychiatric care, like psychiatric intervention. It was not, you know, like (laughs) I like claimed this thing for myself Mm -hmm. and I'm out here 
talking about astrology and anyone that wants to come to my page and be like, isn't mm -hmm. astrology like not real? It's like, I'm just going to yeah. block you. And there's a part of me that had this conditioning of like, oh, but I should be able to like, you know, have a, a discussion with people that mm -hmm. have different opinions than me mm -hmm. and whatever. And so, but actually just claiming like, no, I'm not going to use my time and energy to debate yes. with people that don't like, aren't here for it, you know? And yeah. I think like having that, however that shows up, because it can show up like that's just a social media example, but it could show up in a person's friend circle. Like maybe mm -hmm. someone's really trying to like, um, you know, one example that's on my mind is like, say someone wants to like be like healthy and sober mm -hmm. and they have friends that are like into like nightlife and drinking and like yeah. the friends like aren't respecting the person's like sobriety journey. And mm -hmm. they're like, come on, like, let's just have a drink or like, let's mm -hmm. go, you know? And it's like that feeling that if you claim your own space and reality, if you make mm -hmm. the rules of your realm, yeah. then inevitably, if you don't have you know, boundaries and you aren't claiming what is yours to claim, mm -hmm. people are going to, you know, see what you're creating and maybe want to assert their own agenda on it. And yes. that it doesn't, I like what you're saying about how the fight can be like an illusion. Cause sometimes mm -hmm. these are not fights that even need to be had. Sometimes yeah. they do need to, you know, there's but sometimes I think they do there's need some <laughs> intelligence about picking one's battles, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, there is a some form of like intelligence of like picking your battle. And I think that's why it's just like Mars and Leo. It's like Mars is like, okay, I need to be a bit strategic about this, right? There is some there's something about Seven of Wands. It's like, it's very about like releasing as well, because seven is usually such a like number that is about releasing certain things. But and I think it is also releasing some sort of like expectations because um of what what are you actually responsible for right it's like when you create it you, when you're like as you're saying like you know having a social media presence you know that is such an impactful thing like people gravitate towards your people like you know sometimes there's also a sense of like this culture of like pedestalization that goes on right um which seems to be very like six, six of ones right you know like you're high in the sky you're being coronated as the king whatever like you know and then and then there's some sort of like people having a sort of like all right now you're like the 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 the, the person in power when in fact it's like okay it's not really like you're actually projecting that power onto me and now you're expecting me to do certain things right and so i i, I think and then and then i think that that feels very the seven of wands because it's like it's kind of like having this to quote unquote struggle with um, the sense of expectations of other people and comments whenever we are at the seat of our own power. And I love that you reflect that um, with regards to your journey with like psychiatric, psychiatric care and stuff like that. And like, you know, um, because you 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 kind of like honor your truth, you know, like, you know, the soul, like, you know, that is the principle of the sun, um, which is a lot, a lot about, you know, the purification of the soul in a lot of ways. Um, and you know reclaiming the soul and the self um and that can 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 you know get other people like you know you put your thoughts you put your heart out there you put your opinions out there you're reclaiming it in a very six of wands kind of way and then other people kind of like come in and just like say something you know it's like a backhand yeah. sort of like yeah. comments or whatever <laughs> it's like I yeah. literally I was manic like I did have like what you could mm -hmm. call a manic episode but my mm -hmm. take on it was that it was like kind of a gift from God and that it was my mm -hmm. birthright to have access to those feelings and that I would just yeah. learn how to integrate it. But yeah. I was like not about to become part of the 
institution and believe that I had an illness that I couldn't control. And whatever. so yeah. like, I really did fend off like, cause you know, for me accessing that was like medicinal and I just had to mm-hmm. learn how to, you know, so like mm-hmm. in, yeah, claiming my own space in reality mm-hmm. around that. Yeah. Yeah. How's that six of wands? Seven yeah. of wands energy. And then it's like, but yeah, it is very much that. And then like for me, it's like there's something about the seven of wands, it's about like being steadfast too. It's like a very like, you know, it's like I know my own vision. And like that is mine. Like that is mine to carry. And I don't, I don't like I don't need to necessarily like I will take opinions into account, but that's not me because like, you know, for me it's like there's always gonna be forces. Like, you know, you can't like for me, you know, that's like for me, like trying to be in cosmic rhythm. There's always gonna be like distractions, like you were saying, right? And like other forces that's trying to like topple you over or whatever. Like really, it is part of life in general. And like if you in the grand scheme of things, it is. And um, and sometimes you just ignore it. Sometimes you have to take charge of it if it's like get overblown or something that you really think that is also part of your fight to to be in principle with it. And I think yeah, it comes back to this idea of like, is it within your heart to like to to engage with it? And if it is, then go ahead, you know, pop off. I would love a debate too, you know, sometimes. <laughs> um, but no, agree. <laughs> but sometimes some debates are just like. I did not invite you to this discussion and I would just ignore your comments. (laughs) Right. I'm like, okay, so I want to put this in the context of Venus and Venus retrograde. Mm -hmm. And like, this was something I was like reflecting on today and just being like, oh, there's like a lot of complexity and like nuance inside of, um, Mm -hmm. you know, one, we can be sovereign and be like, this is my reality, take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. And that accomplishes something but when it comes to like relationship and collaboration and specifically Mm -hmm. through leo um it had me thinking about um the capacity to either one get on the same page like share a vision Mm -hmm. but also when we inevitably have really different experiences of the same experience like inside of relationship Mm. um how if a person is unwilling to validate the reality of the other person, then you have the like the kind of nightmarish side of Leo of like this, mm-hmm. like, oh, like gaslighting, narcissism, whatever, yeah. like all that kind of thing. Yeah. And like, I think with you know, tuning into the heart space of like, we can have our our boundaries of like, this is my reality, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. But then also who are our like our people that we relate to so intimately and so deeply that, you know, their version of the story, like we can also empathize with it. And we don't just have that kind of pushing out, like, this is my story kind of thing. So something about the capacity, you know, and I've been, um, I was inspired by a conversation with my friend Arakai where um, they were telling me how, like, when, when you can bring these kind of contrasting stories of like Mm -hmm. something that happened in a relationship and actually experienced like healing and like mutual understanding Mm -hmm. and you can bring the stories together that that heals any wounds related to narcissism where it's like Mm. you tried to express yourself and someone was like no that's not real yeah yeah so I think it's interesting within Leo is like you on the one hand are being asked to like be on the throne yeah radiate your vision and not take any bullshit like this Mm -hmm. is this is the vision this is what i'm putting Mm -hmm. out and yet venus is like relational and receptive so it's like how do we kind of balance that sense of like 
taking up space with our own story and also being able to collaborate with the stories of others. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like, um, I was thinking a lot about like, you know, there's always this, like, even in social justice movement kind of ideas, like there's always like there, there's not one single story. Right. And then sometimes Leo energy can be about the singular, right. You know, like the, like the person, the self, the blah, 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 blah. And like that can bring up a sense of like, um, you know, narcissism and kind of just like, yeah, just, just you kind of thing. Um, you know, we coexist. And I, I think there is something about Venus harmonizing it, like harmonizing the sense of self with like the other quote unquote, right? Um, and really shining on other people's story as well. And usually people with Leo really celebrates other people's story as well in a lot of ways. And that's like the healthy quote unquote, like healthy expression. But like there, there is something about Leo if they're able to like really, all right, this is, this is my story, but they don't, they don't necessarily put it as, um, because Venus is also kind of like the equalizer, right? We, we don't really compare our journey in a lot of ways, you know, sometimes in like, in a lot of like, you know, people who are going through mental health and there's always like this sort of like trauma comparison going on, right? It's like, oh my God, I've been through this, blah, blah, blah. And then that, that ends up feeding into like an and sort of like unhealthy patterns of like, why, why are we trying to compare? And I think there's something about Venus and Leo that's, that's less, less about less about comparison of you know our you know it's like I, I love um I learned this from like Marcella Kroll it's like you know she always talks about like don't compare and despair right and I think I think maybe there's something with Venus and Leo is all actually about you're not even comparing you're you're comparing maybe you're you're listening and but it's also you're celebrating and I think there's something about celebrating other people's story um that actually really enriches the connections even even though we don't go through the same thing mm. and because there's something about i remember um interviewing pow last year if anyone's um interested i, I did a whole venus embodiment episode with different astrologers and i'm actually gonna launch i'm gonna like now i have the desire back to like okay let's start the, the, the second round which is gonna be different and you're gonna be on it um all right that's the te- gemini moon tangent but there's something about venus and leo people for me they are able to, this is more natal sort of like delineation, but like they are able to shine light on other people's story quite well and very, they're very good at it. And that, that's also something about like quote unquote regality of Leo, right? It's like once you, you are able to spotlight a story like to other people, that will make them feel so seen and heard. It's like, it's kind of like the ecstasy, like, you know, you're tapping into this ecstasy of feeling. It's like, once you're able to like really shine like on the other person, they are be they're, they're feeling the um luminance of it. They, they feel, oh wow, like someone is really radiating the story that's actually within me. And there's that, that power of like, so so I think there's something about Venus and Leo that's able to kind of like um decenter, not to say decenter yourself, but like seeing yourself as that seat of power and how are you um how are you exercising that sort of like relational power that you have, right? Because Venus is about that sort of like my connections and how can I allow, like, how can I spotlight another person? Um, and I think that was, that, that is what like literally Nadia was doing to me too, right? You know, like even you calling me into this platform, it is, a, it is Venus and Leo. It is about like, okay, I see the value in it and I want you to be seen. And so I'm giving you the spotlight. And I think, that's kind of like, I don't know where that's coming from, but yeah, there's something about like giving the spotlight to other people 
that we care about is actually a, it's like a love you know it is love it is an expression of love um to giving someone a platform and a space and allowing them to be seen and witnessed yeah yeah this this is really beautiful like the way you're evoking like the venus and leo way of listening mm-hmm. like it's like venus relating to listening and venus and leo is listening to the greatness of another person and mm-hmm. actually shining light on it like seeing it celebrating it and putting you know similar to just like the skill of listening and like putting aside our own biases judgments jealousies mm-hmm. etc it's mm-hmm. like listening to that creative essence in another person and that yeah the gift of then the reception like the luminosity of that creating like not just connection of the relationship but also like kind of brightening both people in that process yeah yeah and now i'm like and then i, I think we're also doing this venus retrograde thing because like now i'm thinking about like the six of wands right the six of wands is not alone right it is like it is with like there's always this like the figure is one one but there's like actually like other horses at the back and so it's like a team actually right the six of wands is jupiter and leo there's always like whenever you want to achieve something you need support and i think there's something about venus and leo it's like in order for you to truly be yourself you actually need other people to witness you and you need people to like hey this is actually who you are and sometimes you know um there's also something about a quality of other people giving you that sort of quote-unquote validation right or affirmation or assurance in a lot of ways and I mean a lot of client work whenever we do that it is sometimes that way too right I'm like there will be clients that like "Hmm, I know that it's about myself and thank you for you know just reflecting back to me and just allow like seeing me for 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 who I am in a lot of ways and I'm pretty sure as astrologers we all do that a lot of in in a session sometimes we're like oh wow okay what did I just do like you know (laughs) like we're not even conscious of it sometimes right but then I think um um that's kind of like the purpose of astrologers too like we are shining a light on people's placement and seeing the beauty of it and like excavating whatever and like yeah like making them feel that okay, that is my soul you know and there's something about venus has this sort of like quality to play i think that's like the libra right like to play like the other but then the purpose is not to like not to like um bring it down or whatever but actually to harmonize it even more and it, that that gives you that sort of like affirmations that like hey this is actually this is your thing you know and i think that's so important because um you know, whenever I, you know, I first started my, like, turning on YouTube, and I remember, like, you know, having some sort of, like, this communal support surrounding it, it's, like, it's so nourishing, and it's, it makes me feel so, like, you know, there's a sense of, like, support, but there's also a sense of lightness of, like, all right, this is something I should be doing, because other people are seeing me for this gem, and because sometimes we can't, like, you know, whenever we are, and I think that's the thing, too, whenever we are, um, quote-unquote self-absorbed like we're so in our world like we don't really recognize our impact and other people Venus Venus is always about the, the the other people are able to witness of like hey like Sabrina you've you've done this thing you've always been doing this thing and you know and uh, I love that you were saying you know I'm a manifester in, in that in that way like oh wow I'm reminded of that you know and like you know recently one of my friends were like you know I was moving through this um job search grief moving and all these dramatic things that happen <laughs> um and I was like and then one of my bestie Fauzan Bojan um told me that Shahir I've been your best friend since so long since high school and 
he said that, you know, all throughout your life, you always have this moment where you will like, you will like have a crush moment, like, like very, you come crashing down before the next big thing. And then the next big thing will always be better. And then I was just like laughing and I was like, oh my God, like, you know, that's, that's kind of funny, but you know, I was mm, like, I was I emotional. I needed to hear that too. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then I was like, and then he was saying that like, the next thing you're going to be pursuing, you're going to get it. Like, you don't like, don't even worry about it. I've seen your life. And I think that's like something that's kind of like, it, it is a bit Saturnian in a way too, because Saturn has this sort of like, or Jupiter too, it's like, has a sort of like bigger perspective, right? Being far away from the sun, um, Saturn and Jupiter is like this outer sort of like perspective um, that is able to tell you that's like oh you're you're gonna get it <laughs> you know it's and so I was like oh my god thank you man obviously I have already had my fair share of like you know all this emotional support all the sadness but then you know the fact that my one of my besties said that because after all this and I was like that's so true and that because you you as a person you are able to witness the the like the gem like the quality like the real like who you I am in a very like crux sort of level, like who I am in my heart sort of thing. And that is, that is special. That is actually something that is only available through the connections that we've fostered over the years. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like I was like channeling something. You were channeling. Like I feel, um, you know, I'm in my own little like frustrated spot and my own sense of things crashing down. They're not really, but you know, like there is something churning and there's like a a flatness and like, I'm waiting to feel the next thing kind of Mm -hmm. thing. So that was really magical. And I love what you were sharing about kind of like the purpose of the astrologer in terms of mirroring the placements and you know, Mm -hmm. what you were saying too, about how we need to be witnessed. Because I was thinking, you know, I was following this line of thought um, today and I was like writing and I was thinking about, you know, not needing validation and mm-hmm. where that's like empowering and then where it's like ultimately not fully true that mm-hmm. like we can get rid of like the need for like egoic validation or the validation that's just like feeding something. But like we do need to be witnessed ultimately. Mm-hmm. Like there is that like relational necessity so I was trying to kind of like organize my thought and I'm still still working on it but it's like where's validation separate or different than just connection and witness Mm -hmm. like what makes the negative validation you know or the petty validation versus like the actual human need side Mm -hmm. of it Mm -hmm. and that there really is something to um yeah, the witnessing and like things that are able to happen or alchemize or move because yeah. of the community and like because of collaboration. Yeah, and I think we're also tapping that, that, that Leo Aquarius axis, like where as we're talking, right? There's just something about that 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 sort of like axis is definitely about being witnessed and being seen and for our own shine. And you know, we're like amongst the stars, and you know, stars also talk to each other. You know, <laughs> and like I was like always thinking about like how. Um, Venus and Leo could also be like maybe we'll have more like collaborations with people um, you know that I mean the fact that you're doing your accesses you know you're collaborating um, you know and it's about like that's like the quality of like star power star power collaborate with each other because that's like you create like other impact it's like there's always a third thing right whenever two people come together 
you're actually creating a they third make thing. a baby that's the Leo. you make a baby yeah is that yeah. like the thing you make a, a third thing you make a baby you make a like there's always this sort of like cosmic forces that's actually about a union and it is gonna always gonna create something else so it's like there's something about venus and leo for me it's also about like that sort of like like bringing people together to create something more than just like the sum of equal like the both of that yeah Mm. yeah so you also brought to my attention the regulus connection to the retrograde can you tell us about that yeah so regulus is one of the um four royal stars um right now it has precess i think since 2008 if i'm not mistaken it's already in virgo um, very early the Virgo zero zero ish degrees. How many minutes? Um, and so, but historically, Regulus has always been related to Leo because it is the heart of the lion. So, I think when they discovered Regulus, it was at the middle decade of Leo. So there's something about this Venus retrograde that is kind of related to Regulus, just because the origin of Regulus is the heart of the lion. Um. And it's also, it's always a star, a fixed star that is associated with like the kings and like, you know, people who are having honor. And um, Regulus is about taking charge in a lot of ways, taking charge for your own sort of like power and the things that you want to illuminate in this world. And yeah, I was really thinking about that um, because Venus is going to station at 28. I think it's the Orbis, two degrees for me. It's like, it's legit, like two degrees. And although sometimes people like to use a, a smaller orb for fixed stars but for me it's because it's a regular uh, it's a it's like a royal star so i think it's going to be important once the station retrograde so i i was really thinking about that um through the terms of like through in terms of like what what is it that we want to what is it that we want to lead in our life like what what is the venusian qualities in our lives that we want to um stand stand by like stand by like those things those kind of things and i was really feeling that and so like because venus going to station there um, and so maybe there's going to be moments where um, our values, Venus, will be kind of like question or not to say question necessarily, but like because we are in the realm of um, the seven of wands. And so perhaps there are moments where we're like, oh, we're having this sort of like, no, I am actually for the bigger thing. Right. And there's something about the royal stars. I remember Amaya was like teaching about this um, and also just like educating the public about royal stars are kind of being held by a higher standards. Right. For example, um, Regulus, you can't um, you can enact or approach revenge as a topic, which is really funny. And like you know, if you, you um, if watch um, certain kind of like royal sort of like drama, you would understand it because it's like if you're the king, right? You aren't supposed to care, or like you're not supposed to um, cause harm to people who are opposing you. And again, it, it kind of like comes back to this idea of like of every action. There's always a reaction, but then you don't necessarily have to engage with certain kind of reactions because you are, it's kind of like the honorable thing to do. And, and there's something about Regulus and something about Leo and regality and honor. And I think there's, Leo is a very honoring sort of sign. And like all my Leo friends, it's like, you know, they will stay true to their words and, you know, they, and, and there's that, that quality of like, I will honor this. And meaning that you are being, um, help to perhaps a higher standards in terms of and maybe because venus is stationing there there's something about maybe it's relationships maybe it's with yourself maybe it's with your own body maybe it's with like the your own view of like the mystical realm and like you know um etc 
just because like Venus rules Pisces by like exaltation. Um, I just feel like there's this sort of like transformation that's happening within us between like within that is like, okay, what is our heart truly is for? Like what what is the kingdom that resides within me? You know, not all of us have kingdom, right? But like if we were to tap into our own inner heart's kingdom, what is it I am fighting for? What is it I am for? Um, I think there's going to be like sort of like a questioning of those or even like retracing steps of like, okay, like what have like all the stories I've been telling myself about my soul, about my heart that needs a bit of reimagination. And so, yeah, I feel that way with like the fixed star regulars coming into play. Wow. So much gnosis about this transit and the mystical dimensions of all of the decans. Is there anything else that you feel like we should cover that you want to add about this transit? I oh my god, I know I feel very complete. I just I just love the story. Like and um yeah, it's 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 Venus. Like I love Venus and um I was also reading a bit about the Venus star point and how like you know how Venus star points kind of feed differently to each other. And like the recent one we had was um Venus and Capricorn retrograde. Um that was like in late 2020 no no yeah it was like late 2021 right and so um and now we're having in leo so it's like there's always going to be this sequence and then i think in terms of like a venus star point story people say that like the venus in leo retrograde will feed into the next venus in aries sort of retrograde story and so there's something about like i mean i've been only dabbling with it um reading here and there on the venus star points and i was like okay, there's something about story from their past Venus in Capricorn. Um, and so maybe that's also a good point to like, to look at that, that will probably, um, the Venus in Capricorn retrograde, that will probably has resonance with this current one as well. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I need to even remember what was happening during that Venus in Capricorn Yeah, retrograde. that was like late 2021, yeah. Hmm until early 2022 so yeah um one thing that I'll add is that like I think sometimes people have this idea that retrograde is like a negative thing like Mm -hmm. oh no it's going backwards and um Venus retrograde in my experience is like a pretty delightful transit I think that one of the the main challenges about it I think are changes in relationship so like if someone's like having a change of heart and like relationships are getting kind of restructured or there's breakups like obviously that can be gut-wrenching heartbreak Mm -hmm. is no joke right but Venus retrograde doesn't imply that that's likely or something I think what's Mm -hmm. actually happening is that people are having internal revolutions at a heart space and that actually like leaning into that is really juicy and you know ultimately we want to be in relations with people that want to be in relation with us yeah. <laughs> too. Yeah, so I think no, like exactly. letting go of the fear um, and being being interested in the truth, I think is like supportive to yeah, a Venus retrograde experience. But most of my experiences with the Venus retrograde have been very heart opening. And so, yeah. so as a transit, it's not something that I look at with dread or like fear. It's more of a like oh like what's what's this ceremony gonna be about mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah and we're gonna have a kazimi too and then for me like i like i always like le- need to remember like yeah venus retrograde but there's always gonna be clarity that comes like which is like a venus kazimi point and then 
Yeah, and I do feel Venus. Right, the Venus Sun conjunction. Yeah, and it's gonna be in Leo, which like the Sun is domiciled too, and it's gonna be like a really like a is really about the clarity of the heart. It's like what is my heart, like truest and like most vulnerable, perhaps as well. Um, intentions with regards to like the Leo parts of our life, the 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 Taurus parts of our life, the Libra parts of our lives. Um, it's gonna get like, quote unquote, hit or like gonna get um impacted very deeply and it, like I love I mean I'm because I'm maybe because I am a natal Venus retrograde person um you know it's like my Venus goes to the underworld <laughs> um and so I love that that imagery and like you know the Ishtar Inanna kind of like story of like Venus going wait to the your underworld. natal Venus retrograde yeah yeah okay I, I forgot I've seen your chart <laughs> so many times yeah. but I did never really register that yeah. And this happened. Um, Valeria, who was just on the podcast, is also Venus retrograde native. And I had oh. forgotten that too. So wow. now everyone that I'm talking to about Venus lately has this signature. So. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, as like a Venus retrograde person, it is about the internal. It's like, you know, sometimes in life, we're like, we need to get right with ourselves before we're getting into right relationships, right? And and when I say get right, it's not really about like a judgment of like what is right and wrong, blah, 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 blah. It is more about like, what is your intention? What is your truest like desire? And what is it that you want to cultivate? Not because of other people's expectations. And I think no, that is about getting I'm right feeling, with myself. Yeah, I'm feeling that energy so much. I'm on like a little, like a break from dating. I had a relationship mm-hmm and um Mm -hmm. and then I'm doing all this introspection about all the relationships I've ever had and seeing my patterns and whatnot and like just like I'm really fascinated and interested right now in this process of getting clear about who I am and what I want Mm -hmm. in this space of like so much um shedding and unraveling during my Saturn return so it's like I know you know that you can get into a relationship you can tumble your way ecstatically into (laughs) some kind of romance I know how to do that the question is like what do I really want and like who am I now and so Mm -hmm. I'm going really slow with that and it feels like a very Venus retrograde you know and it's inside of the desire for life partnership but it's just in this moment getting in right relationship with myself and like feeling into the truly mystical quality of that, where it's like, that Mm -hmm. is not separate from my external relations. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And the union within like the physical and the the spiritual is like blurred in a lot of ways as well. And so, yeah, I feel like this, this Venus is is like pretty special to me, to be honest, just because like we have Saturn in Pisces, which is Pisces is the exaltation place of Venus. It's like the kingdom of Venus in some way, like the crown, sorry, the crown of Venus. Um, and so I was like thinking of like, wow, like Saturn is kind of like also in a Venusian domain um, as much as it is about Jupiter. So it's like, yeah, Saturn answers to Jupiter, Jupiter answers to Venus and Venus answers to the sun. And so it's like, there's something about like with Venus and Leo, it's where we're in Gemini right now. I think I think the track, like I do feel the story of um the sun story of like that part is also impacted, right? It's like Gemini, Cancer, Leo. There's something there that's like being unraveled. And that that's kind of like the part that is very much related to the self. Um yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
Wow. Thank you so much for all of this. Like I feel very inspired <laughs> and I had many, many things come through. Um, how can people connect with you? Like tell us about some of your offerings that you have right now. And yes. So right now, as um, currently I have my birthday offering. So right now it's Gemini season. I have it for the whole offerings. It's basically astrology as a focus. And then I also have an oracle tarot card session where I channel the planetary guardians for the year because I use like all the time lord sort of techniques of the planets in the session. So I really loved doing that birthday session, to be honest, because I love birthdays in general um, and celebrating other people. Um, I've been really leaning on to my combo right now, um, doing astrology and tarot together. I've been moving away from a bit from the spirit guides work. Like for me, I I come coming in and out of it. And I think that's one of the work where I really have to trust the spirit realm. And sometimes I don't even try to market it as much as like, okay, see who comes in. <laughs> um, so I have the spirit guide one. Um, and so and so and also just purely tarot or purely astrology. That's where I'm at at Shahir. Suprasensory, and I've been writing a lot more too. This time, my Mercury year. Um, so if you want to subscribe to my Substack, oh, I um, love your Substack. <laughs> it's I always like a love writing. letter. Thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. yeah. I really, um, yeah, I get lit up by writing that I love, and I think I'm I'm picky when it comes to writing. So yeah, I fucking love your Substack, and I also, you know, this way that you fuse astrology and tarot is very like Gemini moon, natural, seamless. And mm -hmm. we just did it, this whole conversation. So <laughs> yeah, I love how you do that. And um, yeah, I highly recommend these readings. Thank For those you. of you that are listening, go follow Shahir um, and check out these offerings. And we'll leave the link for all of that in the show notes. Okay. Um, thank you so much, Shahir. Thank you so much, Sabrina, for having me. And yeah, have a great Venus in Leo case, everyone. Bye.